Okay. Yeah, we're recording now. It's live. Yeah, it's live. Look at uh, yeah. It's live. It's live and it's Geek Cinema Podcast. A podcast that's normally us having a conversation over geeky, nerdy, and fanboy or fangirl movies alike. Not today. But no, it's another non-nerdy 30, a 30-minute episode. Let's get on with it. Unedited <laughs> of... Uh, just, so, just raw just talent, a, you know, a, n- a normal so, so movie. movie. The talent yeah, to know? speak, like the movies that. that like people just show up to watch. You know, they put on their movie watching glasses, but they're and not like, buying it's, it's merchandising no, or uh, yeah. well, that's watching not it completely. Over there's no cosplay, again. nothing like no, that. No, you know? no. <laughs> there's <laughs> a little bit of merchandising. Really, nah. I haven't seen it. Well, the World of Tanks. I'm seeing something about... using Dunkirk to merchandise. That's normal. What's that about Unabomber Discovery Channel? Are they making like some kind of like? Documentary about oh, the movie, or yeah, is it I guess so. Wholly unrelated. <laughs> it's a completely yeah, unrelated. It's just okay, I was it's sure. Just like, okay, yeah, tomatoes. maybe it's getting like some kind of TV, you know, staple nope. or something. Yep. And uh, <laughs> this was an exciting one for me to see because I love Christopher Nolan's movies. Oh, okay. And me and Kendall even went ahead and filled out. I think filled out my entire filmography that i hadn't seen there's one in insomnia that yeah, he has, I, but i don't know if i feel like he didn't write it he just directed that does he usually write his movies he usually writes all of them with really? his, uh, a lot of them with his brother mm, yeah 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 he, he was um he worked no, on westworld brothers. i think that's where i saw his name mm. recently uh i've actually i'm not like super affiliated with christopher nolan like i've never like sat down like really gotten into the dark knight trilogy i've never seen um what's the big one the dream one Inception. 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 I've never seen that. Never you seen any of this. Start with Memento. I, yeah, I guess. Is it start re- at the beginning? Is it like readily available, or is it on? Any- uh, what did we watch Memento that? and The Prestige are both on Netflix. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess and I've we recently watched both. Memento was great. Yeah. Currently, um, we just saw Dunkirk, but currently my top three favorites of his are Batman Begins, Memento, and Interstellar. Really? You so you like Batman Begins more than the Dark Knight? Yeah, I, I like the. I mean, that was the first movie that really did good at the superhero uh, setup origin story. Yeah, yeah. okay, but, yeah. But I love his style. He's always got this. His movies always surround or mess with time in a way, mm, yeah, almost. Yeah. Uh, with the exception of the Dark Knight it's movies, a lot of but perception. those are just cool because they're anomalies in the superhero world as they stand out as great films. But yeah, they're about yeah. a superhero, which is really strange. Hey, you know, Marvel puts out some good stuff. I yeah, mean, yeah. nothing to that, you know, level, but... Right. <coughs> um, but... So I was excited. Cost. I didn't know what I was getting into, because mm, trailers are spoilers, so I don't watch yeah. them. I knew I was getting and into a war movie. Yeah, and I, I knew that originally, and I had heard the name Dunkirk. I didn't know where it was. Like, I, if you gave me a map and said, where is it? I wouldn't have known yeah, yeah. before this. Find uh, Dunkirk. And it's a worldwide Where's Waldo. So I thought it could be something unique. But really, this movie, it's very beautiful and I don't know. Uh, very yeah. intense. But it's kind of just another war movie for me. That's how I felt. Okay, so I went into this movie, like you, with like... No expectation. Okay, I had expectations because I was seeing all the good reviews, but I really had no idea what it was about, and I had never heard about anything happening at Dunkirk. You know, and no mm-hmm. history class mentions or anything like that. But um, I was excited because I had heard that it was a lot of spectacle. You know, very intense, mm-hmm. and I was seeing an IMAX. I went down to a Warren Theater in OKC, basically, 
and it was really nice like ten dollar imax tickets i was more excited for that you know that yeah. price point but seeing that movie in imax was real really something um unlike you i i i don't think i left that movie like physically exhausted because of how immersed i got into it partially because of the imax experience but also just the way it mm-hmm. was you know edited and put together i thought it was really tight like there was never you know a moment where i was like oh this is the slow bit it's like i always felt like something's ramping up and a lot oh, of it okay. actually is due to the audio and i think that's a big part oh, of this yeah. movie yeah well yeah that's when i came out of this movie uh, at the end there was really two thoughts i had which was that was very beautiful to look at and uh I told you. the biggest the nicest thing to me was hans zimmer's score yeah there's dogs running in the background yeah yeah. they'll probably get cut out (laughs) but um unedited it's it's funny okay so do we want to hold off on like ultimately what we thought until the end okay go for it okay well um because yeah i guess this is unedited isn't it (laughs) but uh like okay so i really enjoyed this movie i really really loved it um it's a lot of it is that it just simply put me in the shoes of like not a specific character, not anything like that. It just put me in, in the, the place war. of Dunkirk. Like yeah. I was there, you know, I got to see these events that really before entering that theater I had no idea it even occurred. And I'd say that was one of the few parts that I thought this movie did really well because I like Chris Nolan's movies, but this one he did do a good job of kind of making it feel like you're there. Yeah, in the totally. sense that you don't really get to come up for a breath. You don't have time to think about it, which was his intention. He just wants it to feel like it's all crazy. And basically the time is running out. Yeah. Also, and hinted at in the audio with like that ticking of the clock, you know, kind of. Yeah. And I I heard, I read that that was actually uh, Chris Nolan's watch that they recorded (laughs) for the score. (laughs) Like a watch that he has. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um. yeah, I guess to carry on with the whole audio thing, I saw a headline. I didn't like look super in deep into it but supposedly Hans Zimmer's score uh, was putting some kind of auditory illusion into practice where it sounds like it's constantly the escalating sh- shepherd tone yeah that's it um, yeah so it sounds like it's constantly building towards something but it never actually goes anywhere yeah so it makes you like as you know someone who's in that feels theater, like it's always building feels up. like something's happening constantly it's like you never relax because yeah, like, when's the thing gonna happen and stuff does happen but like it never yeah, stops you're never I given a break didn't notice the soundtrack even whenever you know it's like you the what? movie's over I you're did still not notice the soundtrack at all well, well it, 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 it's more atmospheric. i did notice really the ticking notice that's it the ticking was the only thing i noticed but after learning about the shepherd tone afterwards now is i really did still don't even realize remember that was it. this I'm not saying that hearing it, but did yeah. you not feel, feel like it was always tension. building? The tension was always building. No. The time was running I out. I was very detached through this entire movie. And I think the biggest thing is that you can't attach to a character. That's yeah. what I need in a movie. I can movie. understand that. And okay. I was, yeah, I'm like a bystander just watching. So it was just. I think that was the purpose. But overall, like some it was just bleak. No excitement. I wasn't even that scared. It was just just a despair that you're just watching yeah Hmm. well no excitement for me just i can understand like all right well all these people are gonna effing die yeah i can understand someone feeling that way but like for me like i enjoy kind of just being in a place and like experiencing it you know from the you know from the stands um 
regarding like the characters yeah, yeah like i've seen some like uh criticism leveraged towards the characters uh but honestly i liked it i liked that you know there was no i this is you know pulling from exactly from like a, a critic that i heard i think like probably like chris stuckman or something where like there's no scene where like the soldiers are sitting around the campfire and saying like oh i got a wife back home you know all this stuff like there's mm-hmm. no you don't, no, no one's really. talking they, they all think yeah they're, they, die. they're in the heat of it i mean like and you're in the heat of it like you oh, that, no, like what what you're saying it feels like you're there you don't really if you're in the war you don't get to know anybody exactly yeah i'm like you obviously friendships and bonds build but they build naturally they build quickly when you're in the heat of the moment when you're in danger and you know whenever you have to make rash decisions that when they're pushed into groups that you have to yeah, do that. Yeah. But if you're all slowly dying, don't even bother trying to get yeah. to know someone. They might be dead the next minute. So um, probably like, I guess to talk about how this movie kind of brings friendship into the equation, really the only uh, instance of friendship we see is between this British guy who y- you kind of see in the beginning of the movie uh, and this well, as we learn at the end of the movie, this French guy mm-hmm. who the first time we see him, he's burying this dude, this soldier, and supposedly stealing his clothes or whatever. Mm-hmm. And as since that's like, you know, 15 minutes in the movie, like, well, I have no idea what's going on here, but OK. Uh, and just naturally, they like he shares water with him. And since then, they're they're pals, you know, they're helping each other. They don't talk to each other. You know, they never say really a word, but no, they well, they can't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. But I mean, they, they they just yeah, they go along. And I think it's funny that you if you pay attention to that kind of like that group uh, of those soldiers and that storyline, um, the people that end up surviving are the people that break the rules. All of them are like the troublemakers. Mm-hmm. They're the ones that, OK, let's hide under the pier, you know, and eavesdrop of this conversation or make sure we get on the boat you know no matter what you know it's us we survive we have to break the rules you know right yeah so he like, even says that to the guy he meets on the ship he says what's your buddy doing he's like looking for a way out in case we get yeah down. yeah right and like yeah absolutely and so it's just like that humanity i think is what made me attached to these characters or like say the pilot you know this whole time you know his gas gauge is broken gauge whatever and you can just feel like the fact that he knows he's going to go down eventually. So like every act of hero- heroism from that point onward, you know, is like a risk. He's like he continues going regardless. You know, like he's he's just trying to like help, what however he can, even though he mm-hmm. knows that his time is running out. Mm-hmm. So like there's inches of humanity in there that's just enough for me to like get attached to characters without them saying a single word, like and like you know explaining to me their life story or anything like that. Like they are human characters and it's just it's up to you as the viewer to catch on to those details i guess that's just my opinion yeah and that was another interesting part about the movie because with chris nolan like i said he with memento the whole movie deals with two time frames and one's in reverse and one's forward and they meet at the end and this movie kind of did that where (laughs) we've got the three stories and they all intersect and when was the moment the when movie. you caught onto that because i there were i think there was it's a specific freaking moment. in well it point. was yeah at the beginning it was kind of confusing because yeah, it yeah. shows you each location the mole and then it says, and they give like a little bit of on screen like so many maybe so much time second and time like, they show the planes times? like how far they are from mm, yeah England? yeah so one of the second times they show the planes fighting i saw the ship that the three people are on yeah yeah on that's water. one where it was like very was clear like, what was okay going on, yeah. okay okay i think i get this the instance where i realized it is actually when you know they're on the boat being served like they're jelly you know, mm-hmm. bread and all that and it's nighttime like what's going on here? And then you get to another scene. And it's daylight. I'm like, okay, we're talking different time frames mm-hmm. here. So f- since then, I was aware of it. 
there being like some kind of difference. And then the one where it really comes together, the, the bit is whenever you know their their boat, the soldier's boat is being shot. You know they're climbing out of there, and mm-hmm. it's not even necessarily from their point of view at that point. It's the pilot, so he sees them climbing out, and you're like, okay, that kind of looks familiar. Yeah. And he sees the big ship, you know, teeling over, and you're like, what's going on over here? And then you see each of those, you know, horrific events happen. Yeah. Until the, eventually, like they come together, and you see like him shoot down the plane, and the sea burst into flames. It's, yeah. The only part that actually like confused me was uh i guess what the beach early part is really far away Mm. because we get i think we meet killian murphy when he's sitting on top of the the boat that sunk right like he's sitting on top of the propeller yeah and who who are they because i'm not very good at remembering the characters on a boat yeah remember i thought he was on a plane so i thought he was one of the pilots oh you're talking about the guy who has the shell shock yeah yeah okay and uh he's we see him later and i'm like that's he's in yeah, the he's boat in one and of the he's telling small the guys to saying just there's no him. room yeah i didn't catch him and before. i was like that's killian murphy again was how was and it's at that point i was like okay the, these are different timelines yeah. and i'm trying to figure out how they all meet mm-hmm. like how does he get from there to there to that sunken yeah. ship this and is, it really never shows us how it gets there yeah this is one of those movies where like i imagine watching it again like i'd catch a lot of those things so like it'd really be beneficial to watch it again but yeah i didn't notice that character until you know we see him you know shipwrecked basically uh but yeah, no, I mean, I really enjoyed the characters in this movie. Um, so that made all the harrowing situations they find themselves in, you know, very tense for me. Because I'm like, what's going to happen? I don't want them to die. Yeah, I didn't really care too much for anybody on the beach. Mm. Um, I liked the pilots and I liked our three guys on the boat. Yeah, yeah. But So what? Oh, I guess you could see them as like kind of three different stories. Which one was your favorite? Mm-hmm. Uh... Probably the planes. I, I think actually I, think the planes are my least favorite because it took a while for them to actually get somewhere. I think I just liked the friendship that they actually share because, like you were, we were talking about, you don't really see friendships developed. Yeah. These guys have obviously been together for a good while. You can see that in them. There. Yeah. Uh, it's just that they they split so fast, you know, where that other pilot ends up joining the. Um, the boat the british citizens or whatever mm-hmm. like halfway through the movie so like there's not much of that companionship with the pilot he's kind of going lone wolf to the majority of the movie which is still really cool that's when it gets interesting to me it's whenever he's kind of out <laughs> you know and alone um i think actually my favorite is the um the the soldiers um just yeah because there is that that's where the companionship element in my opinion really comes from uh it's just how you know, these friends sit together, even though he ends up, you know, dead <laughs> in the end. Uh, but just the way that he sticks up for him and everything, despite all the situations. Um, and I think a lot of the most intense moments in the movies happen around them. Uh, like, what was... Did you get stressed out during this movie? Um, I don't think so. I mean, really? not until these the guys are threatening the French guy in the mm. boat. Yeah, same. Because uh, especially... They're all like, none of them are ducking. They're all being loud when they're being shot at. I'm like, right? shut up. Yeah. But uh, like when they're like, you we had to plug the holes and that's where they're shooting. Yeah. yeah it's like, like, no, no. What are you going to do? do? Yeah. Um, I don't know if it was just IMAX or what, because like the, the thing about IMAX, it wasn't so much about how big the screen was. It's, it was a lot about the, um, the sound 
Uh, mm-hmm. So whenever there were bullets, you know, being shot, it was like ringing in your ears because it was so loud. Or like, you know, shots with the plane, you could feel it. So it was very immersive in that sense. Mm-hmm. Where like, when there's bullets being fired, like you're tense because it's like it's loud. You know, I th- I think there might have been a moment or two in the movie where it was super loud, and I was yeah, taken but back. that was like the whole but movie in I in IMAX. Like there huh. was it was loud, and that that was the score too. You know, so it's like there was never a moment where like you were having peace and quiet. You're constantly being like unnerved by the audio design. So honestly, I love the audio in this movie. So his, his actual, he was actually trying to give you PTSD from probably the movie. yeah, and I was saying like. If like a veteran you went to this movie, go watch. It. Yeah, I'm saying like if you're Although a veteran, the, the survivors and you go see this movie, song, I'm like so. I can't imagine. They actually, um, uh, I saw like a headline about some guy who survived Dunkirk or whatever, like seeing uh-huh. the movie. Yeah, they had multiple like, being survivors very emotional. watch it. Yeah, I'm like, so man, how'd you survive so that movie? Real. You're like 90 years old, and this movie is like terrifying. I don't yeah, know. They how. did say they said. He said it was much louder than what it actually was, oh, but okay. <laughs> is that what, I didn't see that. Uh, so yeah, there was. A, we watched an interview with Kenneth Branagh and uh, with Stephen Colbert, and he mm. s- mentioned he got to talk to some of them afterwards. And yeah, they said it's louder than the real. World. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely a loud movie. Um, yeah, well, I, I was I was gonna ask you like what scene stressed you out the most, but I guess if it didn't stress you out, no, no. I mean the boat scene, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, that that was definitely a stressful Which that's, scene. And uh, this movie, it's very closed location. Yeah, yeah. Which normally, which kind of bores me often, and it, I kind of got that in this. Uh, not enough to where I didn't like it, but uh, that scene specifically is very claustrophobic. Mm, yeah, yeah, totally. Because they can't leave. It's it's the the tale of horror movies like Alien and mm-hmm. Evil Dead, where. Uh, you're inside this space or uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane, you can't go outside because it's 10,000 times worse. Yeah, yeah. But you're in this little hole being shot at. Right, so. yeah. Um, if it weren't that scene for me, it would be, you know, whenever they're relaxing, you know, eating their bread. And, you know, and this guy, this French guy's out there kind of like keeping an eye out, oh, yeah, shaking no, in his boots. Totally saw that. And coming. sees the torpedo. Like, I could see, like, something was building, but, like, still, like, the idea, like, I put myself in the shoulder, soldier's shoes and just, like, the second you relax, the second you're, like, all stuck in this huge ship, mm-hmm. you know, and you have maybe a glimmer of hope that you're getting home, you're, next thing you know, you're sinking and you're, like, with probably a hundred other, like, soldiers, hundreds maybe, like, all drowning together. <laughs> and it's only, only six get out alive or however many. It's, like, it's just, I, it was harrowing for me. I was, like, man, that's just terrifying. I can't imagine being in that situation. Um, but I guess we've talked about the soldiers and we've talked about the pilots. We should probably talk about <laughs> the British citizens, uh, the grandpa and his. Are they both his sons? No, no. George was his, the guy's friend. Okay, yeah, he just much decided younger. to come along. Yeah, right, for whatever along I didn't know he felt useless and he wanted to be helpful. Yeah, yeah it looked like he was running from the. I cops. thought he was running for the cops too, but I don't think so. I think they're just kind of like, why is he, you know, going? No, the. I don't think the citizens are supposed to take the boats. I think that the Navy mm. so forces are supposed well, to take the citizens' that boats. That can't be because... Because um, there were a lot of citizens at the end, but yeah. it just it seemed like they were like, well, we're going. Yeah, I didn't quite understand what was happening there, yeah, like why it seemed like they were running away because then the, the guys with their checkboards are mm-hmm. like looking like, what? They're not supposed to be leaving? But <laughs> yeah, who knows? I didn't quite You think they'd do something more like about it if they actually had a problem with yeah. it. But um I thought that was a really cool story too. Um 
So if I had to rank like the three in terms of, like which ones engrossed me the most, it'd probably be the soldiers, the citizens, and the pilots. I really like in the end the, the pilot- mole, the sea, the air. Yes, <laughs> as they were titled. Is that so? I, I missed that. I think uh, so. I think that. Yeah, like because the pilot he really showed his you know heroics, you know near the end. So like the, a lot of it was set up for him. Mm-hmm. Like uh, it, it was quick shots, you know, of him like looking at his gas gauge or whatever. Maybe occasionally shooting down a pilot, but other than that, you know, there wasn't a lot there. Um, but the citizens are really interesting, um, because you're dealing with this really patriotic grandpa guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, which it's his father. His father, whatever. He's old. <laughs> That's the idea. Uh, and you're dealing with his son, who's tagging along. It's kind of buying into it, and then you have his friend who ends up dead because of a shell-shocked uh, soldier. And, you know, you start to ask yourself, you know, they're heroes because they're going out and they're saving these people. They're putting lives on the line, but they lost, you know, a life, you know. Mm-hmm. They saved lives, but they lost one. And then you had to ask yourself, was it worth it? I lost a close friend. You know, he willingly tagged along, but, you know, we could have turned back, we could have saved him, you know. And it's I thought it was really affecting whenever that soldier, uh, in the end, gets off the train and he asks them. Yeah, so, yeah. The boy? You know, God. is he okay? That hurt. Or it wasn't, he didn't actually ask that at that time. He just looked at him when he got off the train. Mm-hmm. But, you know. Yeah, the last time he the, says. Yeah, on the boat, is he's he like, okay? Is he and okay? he says, yeah. Yeah. Because so like, if he's, I thought that was so selfless of uh-huh. him to do. Because like, he could have caused a panic if he would have said what had happened. Like he probably would have, the soldier probably would have lost it, you know. So, Cause not in like a rage or anything, but probably just like he would have broken stir. down. Yeah. So I thought that was just really affecting. It's like, there was a lot of just instances of heroism in this movie. That was really inspiring to me. Uh, cause like, it's not like just like the, the, the military dog kind of heroism. You get a lot in war movies. It was Mm-mm. like human heroes. Yeah. It's a rescue story. Yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, and speaking of their boats, one of the great things I love about Christopher Nolan, especially the Dark Knight movies, is he's very much into practical and minimal CG, mm, and yeah. this movie did that. Like, he, I mean, it was a $100 million budget, and he dumped it into those boats and those planes yeah. and those uh, soldiers' costumes, I guess. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And they've shot it in Dunkirk. Really? <laughs> yeah, yes. on the beach. Nice, nice. Yeah. Which, that, that I'm surprised he got yep, yep. the acceptance from the company. He works for he, uh, Warner Brothers. Might just distribute it. Yeah, production is Syncope, mm. which just not a lot of companies would just say, yeah, go get the, your permits for but the, he's no for <laughs> Dunkirk, France. Yeah, right. Yeah, but I feel like Dunkirk would probably be like. Oh hell yeah! You're yeah, shooting yeah, a movie yeah, about that's us. True. That's amazing. That's tourists. a great story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, also, uh, an interesting thing that I caught after leaving the movie is that they they don't really show the enemy too often. They're kind of in the shadows. Like you never really see a face for the enemy. So it's huh. like like think of it as a soldier. You Oftentimes you you're told bullets, fight torpedoes. the enemy, but who are they? Who's the enemy? Do I really even know what who I'm fighting? Yeah, I, I I noticed that during the movie. Now that I'm looking back, and I actually thought that was very effective. Yeah. Because it'd be just like in war, you can't really look over to see who's shooting yeah, right. at you when there's bullets totally. coming at your head. So it, in a way, like the same way, like think of it as a horror movie. Like oftentimes the thing is scarier if Alien. you don't know what it is. Yeah. You know, so like that was the thing. Like there, 
it felt threatening and it felt mysterious because you had no idea who was really trying to kill them. Yeah, especially that that was the one of the weirdest parts of the movie was the opening where it's very quiet. Yeah, and they're just being shot like, at. It's kind of like what's going on, and right. they start getting all these flyers basically telling yeah, you right. we're gonna kill you. <laughs> yeah, right. And then yeah, they're being shot at, and we mm. can't see where it's coming right. from. Yeah, and history obviously we know it's the Nazis, but. I didn't know anything about Dunkirk, so I'd ask my dad afterwards, like, so, uh, who are they fighting against? <laughs> I was like, I imagine this is World War II, but what's going on here? Uh, yeah, I'm an idiot. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think, I mean, we see enemy soldiers at the end whenever the pilot gets taken in as a prisoner, but, we, they, again, we don't see their faces. Like, there's no, they're not human. Like, they're not shown as having any humanity. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was, just, it was just very interesting. Uh, so, you guys think the movie fell flat for you then well and the only thing is yeah that night we saw uh valerian and the city of a thousand planets as well as this movie we did a double feature and valerian was a huge letdown to me because i'm a big fan of luke besson the director's previous big sci-fi hit the fifth element came out 20 years ago Mm. and then this new movie let me down in the fact that i liked that movie and this is kind of the same thing as I love Christopher Nolan and he's blown my mind with movies like Inception and Interstellar and even the Dark Knight movies and Memento specifically. But then this movie, it's just kind of a war movie and it's very beautiful. Yeah. And the score, Hans Zimmer is a genius, but the movie is kind of just a overall it's, it's i was war, i wasn't movie. blown away but yeah. It, yeah it's a beautiful movie it's a great story but and it's very well portrayed it's just i sh- i should have gone in if i had gone in knowing this is just a war movie and it happens to be done by Christopher Nolan i would have had a much better time but i think i was wanting yeah we were wanting christopher I was nolan wanting style to, my, yeah my mind to be a little messed with yeah but. i think i went in the right expectations because mm-hmm. i was like this is a war movie by a director that's known for having a lot of spectacle i was seeing an imax i was ex- excited and i got something with a lot of depth in my opinion like mm-hmm. so i was very surprised at how much i cared about everything that was happening on screen and how much it actually le- i left the theater and i'm still thinking about it i still want to see it. i want to see it again that's like funny. i yeah, care I thought about it at all i really liked it um uh so i guess we should we have some time left. We should talk about some of the controversy it's received. Uh, what have with whitewashing so far is all I've heard. Yeah. Um, Which is... They're British. Ridiculous. It's yeah. a historical movie. <laughs> you know, I actually have an issue. In World War Two. I have an issue uh-huh. regarding diversity. They're all too pretty. <laughs> Just well, yeah, they're like, British. Come on, I need to see more ugly. I actually, yeah, there actually, wasn't that. Our wasn't only a... issue for the movie really was we couldn't tell every anyone apart. <laughs> yeah, because they all have wearing the same outfit. Yeah, and they all have dark, dark hair, greasy, so. wet, hair. wet hair. And they, yeah, it was very. So I'm hard. like, wait, like, is that that guy or, uh, okay. or the other yeah. guy? <laughs> I can understand that, but ultimately the. The movie kind of told you, okay, here are the you know two or three characters per story that you should actually pay attention yeah. to. But it was yeah, hard to remember just, what yeah, their faces sp- look specifically like. on the beach. It was hard to. Yeah, I will say that like people. the French guy, he kind of blended in after a while because he doesn't say anything, so you're just like, oh, he's just yeah kind of there. But then you kind of realize <laughs> that's yeah. actually yeah. intentional. Like you know? too, so. <laughs> so like I didn't catch on to that at all. Harry Styles was the only one I could definitely tell apart, but that's because well, I, I know his face. I went into the movie like knowing that he was in this but i didn't catch him during the movie i still don't know what character he was so i guess That's i didn't odd. notice it. he was a huge character <laughs> was he? is he the one that was uh like turning against them in the boat 
because that's who I think yeah, it was. Yeah, he was trying to get want to get rid of the French he kid. He's also the one at the end that thought the when end. we go home, everyone's gonna hate us. Yeah. Okay, yeah, it's kind of a kind of a jerk. Yeah, that's kind of my guess. I don't think he did a he bad did a job. Good job. Yeah, it was, mm-hmm. it was a good performance. All the performances are really good. Yeah, I mean, I don't know who's complaining. It must be a minimal amount yeah, of people because no, right now it's got a ninety three percent on the yeah. tomato meter. I just and, don't um, understand how you can white I've seen like um, British people. In I've World even War seen some people complain about the score, like about it being too overbearing. Yeah, Interstellar caught the same thing, mm. c- but it's it's kind of didn't it's even the, notice it's the point. freaking score. Christopher Nolan and the uh, main sound mixer. I I don't know his name. I'm sorry. Uh, but they specifically in Interstellar, they tried to make it to where you couldn't hear parts of the dialogue because the um, score was overtaking it, okay. and it's just supposed to make it feel a certain way. Yeah, yeah. And so this movie kind of does the same thing. Yeah, I mean, you could say that without this. Because I mean, if you're in the middle of a yeah, war, it's supposed you to can't stress hear you half out. the stuff yeah. people are saying. Yeah, like I can imagine that, like, without the score, the movie might not have the same amount of like stress. Mm-hmm. Um, but still it's the director's vision. And it's what he made. The score is supposed to accompany the movie. So I think for that, it did a really good job. Yeah. It also made $50 million in its first weekend. So half its budget. And, uh, it was first of the weekend beat girls trip and Valerian. Yeah. It's oh, it'll beat everybody out. Yeah, totally. Um, so, uh, I guess favorite scenes, we got less than 30 seconds left. Um, favorite scene, the blind man scene. The blind man scene where yeah, where that guy was like that guy couldn't even look you in the eye, but you had just realized that that man was blind. Yeah, I don't know why he didn't say that or why he said. I guess he didn't see him reaching for his face. No, he was already uh, gone. Gotcha. I was thinking actually I interpreted was that beautiful. scene as him not being able to look him in the eye because he was ashamed of the fact that they came back. That's no why victory. he thought that, but okay. he was blind. He didn't know. Okay. Yeah, I, I know there was one scene that actually made me like almost tear up, but I can't remember what it was. I know like the movie touched me seriously. Like I love this movie. Mm-hmm. My favorite scene was when uh, Tom Hardy is just hovering. Like mm, with yeah, the, the I just don't know why he didn't yeah. use the yeah. wind to turn around and go no, back to the I, I, ships. I mean, the, the, so at that, that at that point, the uh, score relieves. Yeah, and, and it quiet, has melody, and it's just. It has melody. Yeah, it's like, melodic, and he's just floating, and it's he opens the window, and it's quite beautiful. That was really emotional. That I didn't, I didn't like the, the ending where he gets captured. I was, really? That no, was, I why did was he so not heroic. turn around? I didn't like it being left left open-ended. I loved it. It bugged me. I loved it, and I love the opening. Because there's not going to be a sequel. I get it. I, <laughs> no, just, I, mean, it I agree. I just don't know why he like, didn't Like, he's a prisoner around. of war. Like, he probably doesn't make it out. Like, he can probably make that assumption. No, yeah, well, that was supposed to be, like, his sacrifice for all those men. I on the ground. I thought it was his only choice. I mean, I... Maybe I didn't think about it, but um, I, I mean, I even love the ending shot where, you know, he reads this really like passionate article, which he can kind of tell is mm-hmm. propaganda and he just kind of like puts it down. He's like, whatever, you know, I just oh, uh, got out of here home. with my life, whatever. <laughs> it's like you kind of romanticized it, but ultimately it was dingy and it was dirty. It's mm-hmm. like you, you nobody's going to know what we went through. I think that's what I took away from it. Well, I, I took away that I'm gonna wait for the next nolan movie to be, <laughs> be blown away again <laughs> i loved it that's I what mean. he's cooking you. something else so that's up. never seen interstellar either so i'm gonna show so show uh, you yeah. all that it's, it's i don't know Amazon if i can watch Prime. that again watch it. I don't know. did you not like that then i love it okay it's, it's, it's long yeah like two hours and a half it's reaching three all right well, well that's good to see that was done goodbye it's a good movie see it i guess i mean you've probably already seen it Bada bing, bada boom.